Hi everybody, I am Kat and I am so excited to be here and talk about God's Word and how it applies to us in our day-to-day lives. Today, I want to talk about a theme that has been so heavily on my mind and heart over the past two years and kind of just break down the basics of this. This is only the tip of the iceberg. I will get into so much more as we go on, but today we are going to be talking about the first mentioned fruit of the spirit, and that is love. So let's dive into being called to love. All right, so first off, let's talk about where in the word does God call us to love in the first place? Well, one location you can find this would be John 16, verse 17. In the NLT translation, it reads, this is my command, love each other. That's it. It is so simply stated. And I feel that it needs to be so simply stated. There's not an alternative. There is not an option outside of love. It doesn't say, this is my command, love each other when you feel like it, when you want to, when they seem like they deserve love. No, it just says, love each other. And Jesus here isn't talking, isn't meaning about love each other as we're going to get into, but he's not talking about just love the people you're close with. He's not talking about just love your fellow Christians that you're in constant fellowship with. Jesus wants us to love everyone. And there's so much value and so much benefit in this. Um, It's fulfilling when you put efforts forward to love each other. But this can be a little heavy to unpack. It may seem simple. You may hear this and think, just love each other. That's so easy, right? Um, I can say firsthand experience here that it's not always easy. There are days that you just, loving is not the first thing on your mind. It should be, but it's not always easy to have love be the first reaction that you have. So with that said, let's talk about what love even looks like. What does it mean or what does it look like to truly love someone? Well, if you'd like to open your Bibles or pull up that Bible app, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, which reads, again, I use the NLT translation. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Now, if you're like me and you read that, you're like, whoa, (laughs) that's a lot of information. And don't overwhelm yourself with that. It is more of a reference I recommend and personally suggest that you keep these verses, keep this scripture close by when you're working to have love as your first reaction. When you are working to love first, this is a great reference point to keep going to, to recheck and say, what does love look like? 
What does it look like to love this person? And if you find yourself looking at an action that you've done or that you want to do or words that you've said or that you want to say, look back on this scripture and use it as the, if you will, litmus test to see if this is love or if it is not. Of course, another way you can check is to see if it is a fruit of the spirit that you're producing or if it's a fruit of the flesh, which you can find in Galatians 5, where it breaks down the good fruits of the spirit. The very first one mentioned is love. There are many scholars who actually believe that love is really what you need to strive for and the rest falls into place. And they find that Paul writes love first because of its value, its importance, and its weight. And I agree with that, that if you make love first, the effort, that the rest of the good fruits just come naturally. If we recall, scripture tells us that God is love. So what could be more godly than loving, right? There's so much scripture that goes in line with love and why love is so important. So if you want to check to see if your actions were of love or of hate, use the verses just above where we address the good fruits of the spirit in Galatians 5, and it tells you the fruits of the, of the flesh. These are bad fruits. This is sinful behavior. And if anything you say or do or think comes from that, that bad fruit section, then I can guarantee you it's not love. In fact, one of the fruits that I constantly think about, the fruits of the flesh, one of them that stands out to me the most is being self-serving, meaning you're thinking of yourself first and what you're doing is to benefit yourself. I found myself hitting points where I say or do something that I think is out of love. And when I reflect, I realize that what I was going to say or do was directly to benefit myself. If your intent is self-serving, that's a bad fruit. That's not love. There is a giant handful of great examples of bad fruit as well as good fruit of the spirit. And I highly encourage you to keep reference, keep a bookmark, write it down, make it your screensaver on your phone. So you have this constant test to see if what you say or do falls in line with love or not. Galatians 5 is a great reference. And then, of course, as we just read, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 is another great reference to check to see, are we producing love or are we not? Love really should be our very first reaction. What I mean by that is if somebody tells you that they got a promotion at their job, you should love first and excitement and joy for them will come naturally because you love that person. It means when your husband says that he was able to get off of early and he's able to go home, but you can't because you still have to work your regular shift to love first means to be joyous that he gets to go home and be at the house and relax even though you're still here at your job because you love him and you want good things to happen for him, right? There are so many other examples where when love first is what you're focused on, the other good fruits of the spirit are just 
so much easier. Now, as we're going to get into, it doesn't mean that loving first is easy. That's far from what I'm getting at. But we need to first understand what love even looks like. Love is pure. It's kind. It's compassionate. More importantly, guys, God is love. So that means that love is godly. And if our actions are godly, we are producing love. It's all cohesive. And that's why I push so heavily for love to be on the forefront. Now, I want to point out, too, that this love that we're talking about, this love applies to God in the sense that we need to love God in this way. It applies to our brothers and sisters in Christ, that we should love our brothers and sisters in this way. But here's the kicker. It also applies to non-believers. God did not call us to love a select few. He calls us to love everyone. Whether they have just done so much damage to you, you still need to love them. Whether they have proven themselves to be a dangerous person to be around, whether emotionally, physically, mentally, you still need to love them. Now let's dive into that for just a moment. Does that mean that you have to put yourself in harm's way to be around them? No. Does that mean that you have to subject yourself to mental, mental, physical, and emotional abuse? No, that is not what's being said here. But what is being said is simply to love them. It doesn't say go to the abuser. It doesn't say go to the person who's done so much emotional and irreparable damage that you can't even be in the same room as them. It doesn't mean to put yourself or your family in a dangerous spot or in a place that maybe you're not mentally and spiritually ready for. Maybe there's somebody in your life that you're not ready to confront just yet. Or maybe there are people in your life that you're not ready to confront and you may never be able to confront them. But we still need to love them. Love is an action, but it doesn't always mean to physically go to that person to love them. And I hope I've made myself clear on this because if you are struggling to love somebody who has hurt you or threatened you or put you in harm's way or could be dangerous to you or your family or your friends, please do not take my words as a command or request or suggestion to go put yourself in harm's way. What I'm saying here is that the action of love, the action of the emotion love should always be on the forefront of our mind. Now, why is loving first so hard? This is a really deep question, and I'm going to try to do my best to kind of understand or to kind of explain why loving is so hard. Well, as I further, I previously mentioned, we've been hurt. People hurt people, right? I have been hurt by people. I'm sure you've been hurt by people. And I'm sure we've, I know I have hurt people. And I'm sure we've all experienced a time when we have hurt others. So it can be very hard to love when there is damage, when we haven't forgiven somebody, when we feel that person's dangerous, or maybe we don't find that that person is deserving of love because of the character they have. I understand. 
sister, I understand where you're coming from, that it, you don't want to forgive them because they hurt you. And I, oh, I get it. I totally, totally get it. But we need to accept it, forgive, and move on so we can love that person wholeheartedly. Sometimes it can also be hard to love when we want to take justice into our own hands. Have you ever been in a situation where you see somebody doing something unethical, whether it's a great immoral action or whether it's just minor? Have you ever been in a circumstance where you see them act immorally and nobody's saying anything? And you feel that you need to say something so they know they're in the wrong. And because of this, loving them has become so difficult because they're constantly acting immoral and nobody's calling them out on it or nobody is handling this. They're constantly getting away with it. So really, you struggle to love them. I know I have. I know I've been in that circumstance quite often. And in those moments, it's important to acknowledge that we feel that way. Step back. Pray. And work towards making love that first reaction. I hope you're seeing a theme here. To love first takes a tremendous amount of work. And if you feel that it's taking a lot of time to maybe love a specific person or a specific group of people, you're not alone. I'm doing the same thing. There are a handful of people that I'm trying very hard with God through prayer, through studying, through self-reflection, through working on myself and building my character trying to put myself in a place where I can finally just love and accept them. So if you find yourself in a position of which loving is just so difficult for this person or this group of people, you're not alone. But let's acknowledge that together in community and work towards having love be the very first reaction that we have. So let's, though this is much bigger than how I'm about to explain it. It's very much just a little overview. Let's talk about how to love first. Well, sisters, it's actually not that difficult in concept. Difficult in practice, but it's not difficult in concept. If we want to love first, there's something that we have to do. We have to abide in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus calls us to abide. You can see this in John 15, 4. Uh, this is, John 15 is fabulous. And in the beginning is where we get that reference of Jesus being the vine and we are the branches. And Jesus calls us to remain in him so he will remain in us. When we do this, loving becomes so much easier. Again, not easy as a whole, but easier. Because when you remain in him, you are able to see your faults, see your flaws, see how you can grow, and you are more inspired and motivated to share and spread the love. I guarantee you this. If you make the effort to abide in Jesus, you're going to see who you are not necessarily loving the way you're supposed to, or people who need love and you didn't realize maybe that, that you haven't given them the love that you need. And I have had this conviction, I'm telling you guys, it is a daily situation that I find myself convicted to work on love more and more. As I said before, this is a one to two year process that I have been, well, not one to two, right? This has been a two year process for me. 
and I'm still working on it and I will never be completed in this work. I will constantly be growing and growing and growing and there is absolutely nothing wrong with this because the important part is that by me abiding in Jesus, by me remaining in him, being in his word, having constant prayer, going to my sister's and asking for support, for guidance, for prayers, I am able to be stronger with God. And he guides me to make loving first a little bit easier. Now, as I said before, this doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it will be easier. sisters, I had so much fun speaking to you today. I hope you got something out of this and I hope you are ready to hear more and more about loving first and to look into the scriptures to see how God loves us, how we can love others, how we are loved, and how we can shed, spread and share this with the rest of the world. Shout it from the mountaintops that Jesus is our Lord and Savior and he loves us. And for that reason, we will return the love to our brothers and sisters in Christ, to our Lord and Savior, and to every person that we meet. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I cannot wait to see you guys or talk to you guys next time. Have a blessed day. Thank you.